We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Thank you for joining us. In our relationships, particularly with family and close friends, we mean well when we say something, yet sometimes our words offend or we say hurtful things we wish we had not said. Once words are spoken, they cannot take them back. Even when we admit our wrongdoing, apologize, and ask for forgiveness, the words not forgotten. If only we would always ask God to guard our tongue and compel us to think before we speak... Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander imparts how to communicate God's way. To communicate effectively, you must guard against negative body language. You must guard against negative body language. You can be saying it right, but your body language is is saying a whole, is sending a whole nother message. You know, for example, rolling your eyes. Some of you are good at that. Or pointing your fingers in someone's face, now that's getting aggressive. Matter of fact, in some cases, that's a fight to be had. The worst thing, don't you ever put your finger in your husband's face and say, you, do, uh, wife, you do this. Matter of fact, and don't put it in folk face in the church, a folk face on your jaw. You don't know what's in them. These folk are, these folk are crazy. And don't you get mad and upset and give somebody the finger while you're driving. Won't y'all say amen? Don't look at me. <laughs> you know, you say, oops, did I do that? This is you. We, we all still have that old Adamic nature. And, and you get caught on a bad day and, and that put, put a bird at you and then you throw a bird right back. And, and then you got to confess your sins. And then you got that big old cross on the back of your car. That's what make it bad. The big old cross about I love Jesus. <laughs> Negative body language, rolling your eyes, pointing your fingers in someone's face, crunching your own, <laughs> and then sighing. Shutting down completely with no response, slamming the door so your neighbor can hear it next door. Throwing things and and putting your hands on your hip and letting your backbone slip. <laughs> Proverbs six, chapter six, verses twelve through fourteen says, "What a worthless and wicked." people like this is worthless and wicked what are worthless and wicked people like they are constant liars signaling their deceit with a wink of the eye a nudge of the foot or the wiggle of a finger their perverted hearts plot evil and they constantly stir up trouble 
constantly. Number seven, you must know each member of your family and understand their unique personality. You must know each member of your family and understand their unique personality, their temperament. You can have twins or triplets. They're all, they may look the same, but they're still different. Different personalities, different temperaments, different dispositions. So you can adapt your method of delivery to successfully communicate with them. All your children are different. And you have to discover those differences and the uniquenesses and be able to tap in to them in a way that, that connects with them. Because no two family members are exactly alike. You must be intentional and flexible when it comes to communicating with each of your family members. You don't talk to your, your husband or uh, your wife like you talk to the children. Your husband is grown. You don't, talk, you don't treat him like a child. Go over there. No. Go wash the dishes. Matter of fact, you shouldn't even be talking to your children like that. He said, what? No. You want to you speak in love. Encourage them. What if they want? Well, give them some stimulation. You know, and that can come in many forms as long as it's not abuse and long as it's done in love. Do I have an amen? Amen. Colossians 4, 6 says, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Speech that has grace will be loving. Speech that has grace will be kind. Speech that have grace will be thoughtful and gentle. Speech that have grace will be restorative. Speech that is seasoned with salt preserves and keeps conversations from declining in rudeness. When your speech is, is full of grace and salty and restorative, it will be sensitive. You, you'll not be ungracious and disrespectful. You will not use abusive language. Number eight, if, if you have a judgmental or critical spirit toward a, a member of your family, if you have a judgmental or critical spirit toward your family member, it will surely have a negative impact on how you communicate with one another. If you're always judging them, you always have them under scrutiny. You're always looking at them with suspicion. Proverbs 16, 24 says, gracious words are like a honeycomb. I like that. Sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Beloved, your harsh, degrading and rude words can bring on headaches to your spouse, to your children, when you're harsh and rude and mean and cantankerous, you bring on stomach aches to your family members, emotional stress, you raise their blood pressures, you bring on humiliation and a sense of nervousness in your family. Some folk rather stay at work because they don't know what side of the bed that you got up on. It can also destroy, if you don't have gracious words and you're mean and cantankerous and you're sarcastic. It destroys the enthusiasm of your husband, your spouse. It destroys the morale of your wife, their confidence in Christ, and brings on an inability to sleep or to think with clarity. They can't even think straight. They're trying to go to school, but you said something so horrible, it affects how they study. And sometimes you can get the worst words when it's time for you to take a test. You see? And then you, you're so insensitive that you... you if it was a major task or something, you got to know when to speak. And sometimes some, some things need to be said, but it's the timing 
with which it should be said. Sometimes you have to wait a day, wait another time, especially if there's a project or something going on that's pretty big that you can ill afford to mess up. Uh, when your words are gracious and refreshing and like a honeycomb, when your words are like that, gracious, refreshing, and like a honeycomb, your words out of your mouth will be medicinal, your words will be therapeutic, and your words will bring healing and spiritual refreshment to those you interact with. Honeycomb, a honeycomb, sweet. Your words should be sweet so that your words can be medicinal, therapeutic, bring healing and spiritual refreshment. That's what happens when your words are like that. Number nine, a couple more and we're done. The spirit of jealousy will hinder one's ability to communicate effectively within the family. Now, this is a big one. The spirit of jealousy. They say jealousy. jealousy. You haven't said it, but it's all over the pages of Scripture. It's rampant in families, in the church, in the workplace. The spirit of jealousy will hinder one's ability to communicate effectively within the family. What is jealousy? It is to resent one who is perceived as a rival are believed to have an advantage over you. What is jealousy? I say it again. It is to resent one who is perceived as a rival or believed to have an advantage over you. Jealousy comes from a place of insecurity. Jealousy comes from a place of low self-esteem and a poor self-image. Those are jealous persons, usually. When you are jealous, you say, how do I know if I'm jealous? Uh, You have a spirit of competition. You you want to compete with your husband, husband, wife, uh, a co-worker, a church member. Jealousy creates suspicion. You're overly protective of your wife or your husband. If they talk to the opposite sex in the church or anywhere else for just one minute, why one minute you with them a whole minute? Wait a minute, a minute? Come on. Are you that insecure, man? Good night. Get over it. Come on. There's got to be some trust somewhere. Especially if you're not a sugar daddy. (laughs) Jealousy brings on competition, creates suspicion, being overly protective. It brings on, you become discontented. It leads to malicious feelings toward a real or imagined rival. Toward a real or imagined rival. Suspicious. You always look at, why didn't he do that? He didn't tell me he was going to call that person. Why was he out five minutes later? People are often jealous of one another's success. You ought to celebrate your wife's success, your husband's success. Go to their graduation, applaud them. If they get a graduation, if they get a certification, if they pass something, you ought to celebrate, take them out, enjoy, make a big deal out of it. Just go on next thing. Let's go. Let's just sit down, take a nap. No, you celebrate. Celebrate. I got a new job, honey. I got a raise. I got a promotion. Celebrate. More money coming in the house. I don't care if she makes more money than you. It's the same pie. Supposed to be. It's no my account and her account. It's y'all's account. 
You don't gotta have little accounts on the side that nobody know about. If you dating, you thinking about getting serious, you better tell him put all the finances on the table. I want to know if there are any uh, other children around here. I don't want to get married. All of a sudden, oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you, I got nine children. One in Mexico, they're in New Mexico, they're in Georgia, and then you broke. And by the time you pay out all that child support, you got two cents. <laughs> you go, don't you be so in love that you don't ask the tough questions. I just love him. I just love her. Oh, she cute. That's a fading glory. I don't care how pretty. Y'all better stop. Y'all, you wish y'all probably. Y'all watch too much entertainment tonight. <laughs> and y'all think that's all. You know, don't don't expect, don't put those expectations on your wife. You love your wife for who she is because it is not the outer beauty. It's the inner beauty. You got a wife who got be- beautiful inside. You got a wife. I, I thank God for my wife's inner beauty. It's the inner beauty. Everything else is fading. My wife and I don't look like we did 30 years ago. I'm fooling myself, acting like I'm, I'm going to put a toupee on and come in here. <laughs> y'all, take, y'all will take my temperature. Come on, I've I got to be over that by now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> you just... <laughs> You're jealous of other each other's success. You, you're jealous of good looks. You, some of you are jealous over your physique. Well, you, because they built by they built, and you just eat and can't stop. You got this COVID weight and everything. Go out and take a walk, lose some. Don't be jealous because somebody else's weight is down and they trimming up and tuning up. You tune it up. Look, I get no amens then. You say I ain't going out in that. I ain't going out in that cold. Huh, what you talking about? Shoes, it's cold out there. <laughs> ah, I'm enjoying this message. Ooh, y'all just wait till part two next week. You haven't heard nothing yet. <laughs> Some of y'all and jealous of your wife intelligent. My wife is intelligent. She's king. She got into that woman is just intelligent. And, and wait, 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 y'all like to me talking about you love my stuff. Y'all get quiet. Y'all just say, ooh, this is a deliciousness coming on. We first got married. I was a school teacher. And school teachers back then didn't make that much. And my wife worked for a prestigious law firm downtown. She made good money. She, her salary doubled my salary. I wasn't the least bit concerned. I was just happy as I could be. <laughs> When I saw her check, I just rejoiced in the Lord, and I just put my tip with hers, and we were just fine. Man, I could care less, as long as it's not going to Sneed's house. Coming to my house, bring the bacon home. You don't have time to be financing another house. When I get through paying my own water bill and electric bill and taxes and paying all this and paying that and, and, and all the, stuff on the car to keep the car over up, I don't have time for a sideline cuckabine. <laughs> where, where y'all getting all this money from? Y'all, 
got to tell me where y'all getting all this money from. You, t- you take care of her and you know she's expensive and then you're going to try to hide the stuff. And you're going to try to raise it off the phone. Oh, it's still in there. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I, I'm trying, man. <laughs> Jealousy. Jealousy. Jealous of uh, physique. You're jealous of intelligence. You're jealous uh, of the natural gifts of a person, their spiritual gifts. I was at a family's house uh, uh, yesterday, and I, I saw all the stuff he can make with his hands. And... Um, and he was just showing me all the things in his house he could make with his hand. I'm just, and I started looking at my hands. And I said, he said, well, he was just looking at me. He didn't ask the question, but he got like, well, what can you make? You know, he didn't ask that question, you know, but, but I was just looking at my hands. I said, I said, well, he gave me a mouth and I can preach, you know. I know how to, he know how to, he know how to build houses. And the Lord gave me the gift of being able to construct a sermon. So we are both builders. He's building physically and I'm building spiritually. Why don't all God's children say amen? (laughs) You know, look at it from a spiritual perspective, y'all. Don't get jealous because your wife has power and position and popularity out there. Or your husband in the church. For those of you who struggle with jealousy, if you do not allow God to heal your jealous spirit, it will break down your ability to communicate in the spirit of Christ. And you may even injure or murder the object of your jealousy. Beloved, jealousy has no place in the marriage, family, church or workplace. Proverbs 27, 4 says wrath is cruel. Anger is overwhelming. But who can stand before jealousy? Ooh, that's how- who can stand before jealousy? Proverbs 634 also says, for jealousy makes a man furious, makes a man furious, and he will not spare when he takes revenge. He'll go to any length. For example, jealousy is all over the Bible. Cain slew Abel because of jealousy. Because of jealousy, Joseph's brother put him in a pit and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. Saul attempted to murder David a number of times because of jealousy. And the Pharisees were jealous of Jesus and sought to kill him on a number of occasions because of jealousy. For heaven's sake, if there's an ounce of jealousy in your heart, ask the Lord to deliver you from it. Because nothing good can come from it, and and you can become an easy prey to be exploited by the enemy. Last but not the least, you will never effectively uh, communicate with others. You will never effectively communicate with others if you harbor unforgiveness and bitterness in your heart. Ephesians 4.31a and verse 32 says, Get rid of all bitterness, not some bitterness, not a little. Get rid of all bitterness, all of it. Verse 32, instead, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Say forgiving one another. That's a, you see it up there. Say forgiving one another. It, it's on the screen. Say forgiving one another. Why? Just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Now, you want Christ to forgive you, but you don't want to forgive others. You cannot have meaningful conversation or healthy relationship with your spouse, children, parents, siblings, extended family, or anyone else until you repent 
and have been delivered by the Lord from the stronghold of bitterness and unforgiveness. This will enable you to communicate in a way that pleases our Lord. You really emulate Christ when you forgive those who have hurt you deeply. They hurt Jesus deeply, emotionally, uh, physically. They hurt our Lord. Ephesians 4.31a says, get rid of all. Say all. 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 The bitterness back from, from 2011, the bitterness back from 1930, the bitterness back from yesterday. Get rid of all. All the residue of bitterness. Bitterness will poison your mind and imprison your life. Luke 23, 34 says, Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Instead of harboring unforgiveness and destroying his enemies, Jesus forgave and even provides salvation for the very ones who were murdering him on the cross. He was providing salvation for them. Beloved, let us follow and emulate the examples of our Lord Jesus Christ by forgiving others so that we can be in spiritual freedom. Somebody under my voice, somebody uh, looking at this uh, service virtually, somebody in the spirit center, you can't shout, you can't sing, you have no joy, you are disturbed, you're having migraines. You have high blood pressure because you haven't dealt with the issue of unforgiveness and bitterness. You have poisoned your whole life. You are a hot mess. You are in a self-imposed bondage prison. And Satan says, stay there, stay there, stay there till you die. Now you say, are you saved? Yeah, you saved. But what do you have to show for your salvation? You get to heaven on a bumpy ride. Bump, 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 bump. Oh, I ride. And God said, good night. It took you to get to heaven to shed your baggage. You had to go all the way to heaven. Because there's no baggage in heaven. No bitterness in heaven. You, you mean tell me you got to go to heaven to get rid of your bitterness? God look at you and say, why were you so late in letting your bitterness go? And, he, and you know what God's going to do? He's going to say, now, nah, I want you to stand right there, Miss So-and-so, Mrs. So-and-so. I'm going to show you everything you could have had had you lived in spiritual freedom. Because your bitterness control your life, you have no rewards. But you do have me and you do have heaven. And you missed opportunities of blessing and being all that God would have you to be simply because you could not let go. And all God's children said, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this message. Lord, America needs this. Congress needs this message. The Supreme Court needs this message. Legislatures and senates need this message. Officials need this message. Teachers and lawyers and doctors and architects and IT personnel and accountants need this message. Medical professionals need this message. Construction workers need this message. Ministry workers need this message. Church leadership needs this message. Father, that's why they're here. 
because you have called us to freedom. If you have set us free, then we are free indeed. I pray that people would come to Jesus now so that they can live to the maximum of their potential in spiritual freedom to the glory of God. And all God's children said, you're here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. Until you come and surrender your life to Christ, you cannot communicate in a spirit-filled way to the glory of God. Until you come to Christ, you can't defeat the bitterness, the selfishness, and all the other baggage. Whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, I believe that you are God alone. You're the Savior of the world. Come into my heart and save me now. I believe in your death, your burial, your resurrection, and you're coming again. Fix me, Jesus. Fix me. In Jesus' name, and all God's children said, Now God spoke to you. God spoke to you. There's not a hurt that God cannot heal. There's not a pain or past in this room that God cannot heal. I know some of, some of you have been abused as a child and you're still holding that to your own detriment. To your own, everyone under my voice have gone through some kind of experience that life has thrown at them. But God wants you to let go and live in freedom. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching and would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit MaranathaSA.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North, Converse, Texas 78109. And if you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity.